Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Last night, my man... Steve Alford got his brains beat out, got his absolute brains beat out. And I mean to tell you, now here's the problem. Right now, I have to register real quick for a member guest. And if I don't do it right now, then I can't play. And so I'm a bit distracted right now, which is going to blank everybody off that I know. Anyway, here's the deal. My man Alford ran into what? What did he run into? What have I told you about? I've told you about uh, the Pac-12. That's right. I told you about the Pac-12. How good is the Pac-12? They don't mess around. They do not mess around. They don't mess around. The Pac-12, I'm done, by the way. The Pac-12 is the team. I had to do it at 9 o'clock, and it closes real fast. So I had to do it. I'm done also. Uh, long story short, what did I tell you? They're going to score. They're going to get up and down the court. This is a betting primer for you right now. Right now, this is a betting primer. And the betting primer says a couple of things. Let's go through the Pac-12 now. They get up and down the floor. A couple years ago, I've always used this as a uh, as a template. i got to turn this off here because Aaron Rodgers is talking to McAfee on my show. They Here's the Big Ten. And watch this, Purdue fans. Watch this. Forget about the crap. Well, did you see what Fairleigh Dickinson's coach said? Some idiot said, well, you know, a 16 seed doesn't need to get any more motivation. Shut up. That that game is going to be over in three minutes. Over. Don't even worry about that, Purdue fans. Here's what you worry about. You get into a big game. And if you watched last night in the Pac-12, Arizona State against Alford, what did you see? Shoo, shoo. Matt Painter a couple years ago, well, Sasha Stefanovic missed a switch on a ball screen. We're going to take him out. No, you don't take him out in a tournament. You say, look, dummy, if you're going to give up two, go get three on the other end. You don't worry. Well, uh, uh, he, he did not rotate very well. This is what I have learned. I've become so much smarter as a coach be, uh, since being out. Every coach should have to be a degenerate gambler for a year. Serious business. Everyone, they would change their life. They wouldn't let time run out on the clock. They wouldn't let guys dribble it out and not foul. They would understand, we got to learn to play up four with a minute to go. But most importantly, in tournaments, they would learn, we got to score. Why do you think Izzo is the only team, Izzo and Beeline actually, the only team in the Big Ten that really had tournament success, has had tournament success. I should do a clinic on this for coaches. Legitimately, should do a clinic. Seriously. Here's why. Because I've learned. I don't care whether you miss a switch. I don't care whether you miss three jump shots in a row. You might score. We're 30-some games into this. 
So as you're filling out this bad boy right here, look, go, all right, so Arizona State. Interesting. Well, you know, they lost to so-and-so and such-and-such and such-such-a-majig. Such really? Really? All right. Well, guess what? Uh, I'm looking at this here. They run. They play fast. They scored 98 points. Well, they gave up 73. So what? Look, Dylan, Ryan, me, you, and Aaron could score 50 points. What does that mean? That means if you're going to play close to the vest, 50 point, 55, 56, you got a chance to get beat by anyone. If you get in the 90s, there aren't five teams in this freaking tournament that can beat you or get to the 90s. Creighton can. That's why a lot of people expect Creighton to have a pretty good season. But honest to God, I'm watching last night. So USC's playing Michigan State. This is interesting because, again, why does Izzo have tournament success? Because after makes, Dane Five talked about it the other, no, uh, Crean did. After makes, their point guard is catching it. He's on the run. He's going down. Their wings are flying. Their post is running to the block. Their trail guy who took it out, the four man's ready to trail, and they run. They run. Did you know, why did Bob Knight, until late in his career when he decided not to recruit, why did he have tournament success? <laughs> because every year, for like our first 20 years, we were number one and number two in scoring in the Big Ten. That's it. So UCLA, why is UCLA good in the tournament? Because they play fast, but they guard. It's a perfect combination. So don't be, as you're filling out your bracket and you're looking at things today, don't go, well, you know, uh, hell, that Auburn team. That's why Iowa's always surprising. Iowa's like a cult, though. It's a weird weird, 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 weird place with weird, weird, weird corn people that go, hey, we're Iowa. Uh, we're Iowa. They should have great tournament success. They really should because under Fran McCaffrey, they're going to play fast. They're not messing around. They're going to get up and down the court. They should. They should beat the brakes, frankly, off of Auburn, except they won't. They will not. I'm just telling you, they will not. They absolutely will not. They won't. They can't. They don't because it's Iowa. When you go to Iowa as a head coach, you had to keep this guy named Jerry Strom on your staff for like years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And you're like, what in the hell? Why do I got to keep this Jerry freaking Strom? What is Jerry Strom? Who is Jerry Strom? What the hell's going on? Why do I got to keep this guy on my staff? So now... Arizona State plays TCU, and every little slap, because they all like Jamie Dixon. Everybody likes Jamie Dixon. Jamie Dixon is a great dude. But all these little slaps on TV are going to say to you, well, you know, uh, Mark Miles is back, and if Mark Miles is back, well, uh, damn. Uh, no, no. That game might be the first to 100. That game is not going to be a blowout. That game is one that if you're going to bet, it's one of the few ones I'm going to tell you to bet the over. Or if you're going to watch it, you're going to be uber, uber, uber entertained. I'm anxious about Missouri. Missouri plays Utah State. Ryan Odom is the coach at Utah State. Do you, name the, do you know the name Ryan Odom? Do you remember UMBC? UMBC. Fight, fight, fight. They beat, ladies and gentlemen, the one seed, Virginia. 
They did. And in beating Virginia, Ryan Odom parlayed that job into the Utah State job. They can shoot it. They can shoot it big time. But Missouri plays fast. That's going to be a fun game. I'm trying to give you the fun games. But if you're playing slow, Virginia, how many times has Virginia really made a run? Really made a run. I mean, if you go by championship regular seasons to tournament success and you had some formula that all the little baseball dweebs would put together, I'm not sure Virginia wouldn't be the worst in the country even though they've won an NCAA tournament. I want you to think about this. All right, Pac-12, fantastic. Let's go over some notes that I made. I got my bracket here, but I also got notes. All right, Pac-12. We're betting the Pac-12. We love the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is going to get up and down. Never bet an under on the Pac-12. However, I was let into a secret society of rich dudes that gamble their face off. You know what happened last night? Last night, 9-1. and 9-1 and one is what unders were. You want to make money this tournament? Here's what you do. You bet the halftime under. You wait till halftime. They give you a number. You see the over-under. You take the under. In my world, it's 4-1. and one. Now, I lost my backside last night because I did it on the Arizona State-Nevada game, and Arizona State-Nevada were just out of their collective minds, freaky up and down, stupid up and down. Uh, we lost that one, but we won every other one. And it didn't matter, though, because uh, I just got beat, which means I'm due. I am due. Why do you think Gonzaga is always good in a tournament? you have any idea? Because they play fast. Yeah, they got talent, but let me ask you about that talent. Any of these guys, Corey Kispert, uh, that Suggs guy, anybody doing anything in the NBA? I mean, yeah, they got some NBA guys, but is anybody doing anything in the NBA? Why is there, and nobody's going to say this, and I'll get to the TV people in a minute, but why do you think the Big Ten hasn't had success in the NCAA tournament? Why? Because it's the thick ankle league. Everybody's got thick ankles. I tell you, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see Penn State. Penn State shoots it. Do they play fast? Not necessarily. You know, and I'm not going by uh, Slappy Johnny's analytics. I'm not going by Slappy Johnny. I don't care about Slappy Johnny. I don't get. I know. I want to hear about Slappy Johnny. I'm not going by his analytics. I'm going by the Dockage Index. These eyes, which, by the way, are magnificent. Not only do they pop when I wear blue. But they see from here. I can see through dresses. I have, I have see-through uh, x-ray vision with these eyes. So don't at me, people. Don't at me. Don't talk to me. I'm just telling you. All right, bad night last night for a couple of – Candace Parker, why is she on my television? I know why she's on. Uh, you're going to see what I'm going to do here. Uh, diversity hire – uh, Turner loves her. She's horrible. She actually said this. Well, uh, in the Missouri game. Well, uh, you know, I like offense, and uh, uh, Kobe is uh, is a good player, named after Kobe Bryant. She literally does not prepare. She's so entitled. She's so ridiculous. This is a woman. If we're going to go moral, this is a woman that left her husband to go uh, shack up with a lover. That's a woman, which is fine. I don't care. But don't give me any morality about anybody when that's what we're doing and putting them on TV. Because, see, people always say, Donkage, I read about you. You're a bad person. No, 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 no. I've never left my wife to go shack up with a dude. I've never left my wife to go shack up with anybody. My wife left me because she got smart and tired of me, which, God bless you, and wanted to start her own life. 
not under the shadow of this kind of greatness. Candace Parker sucks. Imagine being Jay Wright and you got to sit there and listen to Candace Parker and giggle and smile and act like she knows something. It's what I used to have to do with Carol Lawson. Carol Lawson would say something and go, and I'm like, dude, I, what you, I wanted to say what you just said is so stupid. Uh, what's that one line? It is so stupid. It is so ignorant. And we are all worse for listening to you. Candace Parker's horrible. Now, you'll, before you call me a racist, you'll see what I'm going to do here. Avery Johnson is horrendous. Avery Johnson is so bad that last night uh, when Texas Southern was getting his brains beat out by Fairleigh Dickinson, he was talking about how great a coach Johnny Jones is, which is fine. That's fine. Didn't care about that. I mean, he's in the NCAA tournament. He won his league. I'm good. But then he was talking about these teams are evenly matched, and I'm like, yeah, you dumbass. Uh, Let's just look at it. Oh, I don't know. Uh, One's down 18. They're down 18, and this clown's telling us they're evenly matched. Right? They're down 18 points. And he's telling us, wow, when it got to 25, were they still evenly matched? The level of stupid that I have to watch, and please, God, tell me what Seth Davis brings. Seth Davis was talking about himself. Do you know how many people give a rats about Seth Davis talking about himself? I always said this in broadcasting. Unless you're you're Shaq, unless you're Jordan, Unless you are Charles Barkley, I want to hear about yourself. I want to hear about it. Some nondescript guy who's up there because his daddy's a lawyer and he got a writing job uh, with CBS. It's the only reason he's up there. And he's a politician behind the scenes. It's the only reason he's up there. Katz is the same thing. The only reason he's up there is because he's a politician behind the scenes. I'm not mad at him. They're fine people. I don't know. But God, are they awful. Imagine you're Jay Wright and you got to sit there and listen to that woman right there who has absolutely no interest in preparing, did not know Kobe Brown's last name, who's, oh, by the way, the star of the game that she is talking about. Uh, I like offer, and he's he's named after Kobe Brown. Bryant, really? Got it, you got it. She's an idiot. Now, Pete Buttigieg is bad. See what I did there? Because I went African-American, African-American, got to throw a white guy in there, at least, you know, because you'll be called racist. Everybody in this world right here is treated by performance. You don't get special treatment because of your gender, who you're stupid, or your race. If you're horse bleep, you're horse bleep. Pete Buttigieg bad, so don't get on me. See, I did two white guys there. I, I Two white guys. Uh, you know, I talked about Seth Davis, and I, and I talked about... Pete Buttigieg. I had another idiot tell me that Pete Buttigieg should be president. I'm like, do you guys not pay attention? Does anybody not pay attention in this world? One of the things that happens when I get a job is I get obsessed. I mean obsessed with the job. I mean big time obsessed. I'm like nuts digging in, trying to find out to do a good job. And Pete Buttigieg sucks. See, I did again. Can't be racist, right? Because I said two white guys. But she, we can keep her on the screen all the time and just say, who is the worst? Rex Chapman was the worst. That guy, what's his name? Hayward? Uh, the, the used to be fat kid that played it. Brendan Hayward, he's the second worst. He's an idiot. Like, I sat in a green room with him. I actually recruited him, uh, his teammate, Vincent Witt, at his high school. And that guy... Holy cow, that's 10 miles of bad road right there. But anyway, the broadcast stunk. Let's get, uh, let's, get, um, let's get Barkley. Let's get Kenny. We don't need Clark. Well, that's right. I, Clark fancies himself as the, the organizer of this. 
Well, that's right, Steve. I got a headache. Donkey, you're just jealous because you're not on the broadcast. I've never been on the broadcast. I got no interest in stuff. Here's what you got to do if you're on that broadcast. You got to sit in the green room all day with that, with her, with that guy, Seth Davis. Well, I don't want to do – are you crazy? I guarantee you. I know this for you. I guarantee you who's miserable. I guarantee you Jay Wright's like, yeah, I don't know about this. Just put Jay Wright, make a diversity hire as the host, and Tom Crane – and you're in good shape. That's it. You don't need this person. You don't need Seth Davis. You don't need any of them. And then put them all on late night. Put them all with that goof Gary Parrish. Put them all there. It's unbelievable. We got to watch this. But hey, look, I literally, and I don't do this very often, I literally turn down uh, the volume. I just turn, my wife's like, why aren't you watching the basketball? I am. You just can't hear the volume. So my wife and I had a nice chat, but honest to God, I know people pay attention to it, so I'm going to give it to you, but that is absolute horse freaking blank. I'm kind of on one today. I am. I'm excited today. I'm excited. I got to go get my knee done. I can't wait. I get an injection. I'll scream uh, like I did last time. It's going to hurt. I may have three shots of tequila before I go to the doctor. I've never done this. I'm doing a medical treatment. I can't wait because it's made me feel great. I'm going to endorse it as soon as we're done with the treatments because it's making me feel great. But I don't do shots well. I mean, seriously, I'm a little baby. I'm, I'm one of those guys that you're like, dude, grow the hell up. I'm like, I know. You are who you are. All right, Aaron Rodgers. This is why McAfee's awesome. Because McAfee gets Aaron Rodgers on there, and guys want to tell Aaron Rodgers stuff. So Aaron Rodgers says, hey, look, hey, look. Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm going to go to the Jets. And we're going to have Greg Craig Carton on to discuss because Jets fans think this whole thing is going to go south. They think the thing is awful. They think it's not going to happen. They think that everything is going, you know, ridiculous, and away we go, all right? So here's the deal. It's going to happen. Rob Demosky is a reporter that you see on ESPN. He's the one guy I have respect for. Diana Rossini, get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, Rob Demosky has been covering the Packers basically his entire life. I got to know him when I took my Bowling Green team up to uh, Green Bay. Took him up to Green Bay to play in a tournament. Got to know Rob. In fact, we should try to get Rob on the show. He's reporting that the Packers are doing this. He's saying, oh, wait a second. Aaron Rodgers has not been communicative. Aaron Rodgers told Pat that he wants this to work out well. He's going to leave, hopes it's all amenable, all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? He hasn't been good to them. He hasn't been good to them. He's been a pain in the backside, and it's a petty league. Well, you know, you should really leave that alone. No, you shouldn't. Screw you. I remember when Coach Knight told me if I did not straighten up, he was going to send me to Gardner-Webb. Hey, Gardner-Webb, I knew where it was, but damn, I didn't want to go to Gardner-Webb. It's petty business. The world's petty. So if I am the Packers, like, hey, Aaron, we loved you, man. We paid you big. We paid you more than any quarterback ever. And you're being a pain in the backside to us, so we're going to wait a little bit here. You do you, but we're going to wait a little bit. Bob Demosky said that, and that made total sense to me. What's the tweet here? Shefty tried to get in there. He tried to slide into his DMs or his texts. Uh, Rogers said, lose my number. Good try, though. Uh, that's good. Look, good for him. Like, I don't know why why people put up with Shefty. I don't know why. 
Like, I love what Rodgers is doing. I also don't know why everybody's hating on Aaron Rodgers. What's he doing? Everybody talks about him. He says three things. Everybody loses their mind. He goes on Pat's show. The reason everybody's hating on him in the media is because he goes on Pat's show. Uh, the local yokels here, the Stephen Holders, the Greg Doyles, the Zach Keepers, all the little guys that don't know their backside from third base hated Ryan Grigson. Why? He wouldn't talk to them. He would talk to me. He would come on my show. It was great interviews. It was great theater. I understand this. So they get their little feelings hurt. Next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy. Aaron Rodgers is not a bad guy. He lived in his life. Why can everybody live their life? What Aaron Rodgers should do is come out as LBGTQB, whatever it is. And then everybody leave him alone because they'd be afraid. Everybody talk about what a great guy he is. My wife tells me all the time, if you want to get me get back in TV, which I'm not interested in, but if you do, guess what? Identify as a woman. They'll hire you tomorrow. It's true. I mean, what are we talking about here? Are we talking real on this show or are we talking junk? Which way is it? Zeke Elliott, he's gone. Zeke Elliott was great. Zeke Elliott was great for a long time. And then you know what happened to Zeke Elliott? He got fat. Not only did he get fat, he didn't look like that. He got fat in the stomach. He got fat in the head. And next thing you know, he's got to go. But he is really good. If you look up Zeke Elliott's numbers, I know people are disparaging him. But Zeke Elliott was damn, damn good. Urban Meyer told me that Zeke Elliott was the most competitive player he ever coached. I may have overstated that. He may have said one of, if not the most competitive players that he's ever coached. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he I can't remember. But it was that he was in the echelon, which is pretty daggone good if you ask me. I don't know. Seems like it's pretty good. Baker Mayfield has reached an agreement on a one-year deal up to $8.5 million with Tampa Bay. See, this is, this is the opposite of Tom Brady. And I want you to think about it this way. Tom Brady enters the building and everybody's expectations rise. Everybody knows what Tom Brady is. Everybody knows that we got to live up to the GOAT. When this guy walks in, everybody's wondering, what's this guy about? Is this guy, you know, Johnny Manziel, light? Is this guy a little pain in the ass? What is this guy like? What, what, what's he about? It immediately casts doubt in your franchise. Now, there are some guys that know him because it's not in a vacuum. Some will say, ah, oh, he's great. Others will say, yeah, who knows? But this guy here is following a legend, and the legend built it up. When this guy shows up, this guy being uh, Baker Mayfield, questions abound. And I don't know. Do you really want a quarterback that everybody questions? Do you ever want a quarterback that, I don't know, doesn't really elevate? I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this. He's good enough. I think he's on his last. He has a chance to be Jim Plunkett. Those of you that don't know, I ain't got time to tell you. Look it up. Juju Smith-Schuster is signing with the Patriots. Smartest thing Juju Smith-Schuster could do. I blame Randy Moss. When Randy Moss signed with the Patriots and Bill Belichick, it made it cool to be able to go to New England and the Patriots. Now, they had a dry spell because Belichick wasn't going to outbid anybody, but Juju Smith-Schuster looked like a complete clown walking into the Super Bowl. Juju Smith-Schuster has been a complete clown post-Super Bowl, but guess what? He gets cleansed. It's like coaches that are fired going to Alabama. 
and working for Nick Saban. You get cleansed. You get washed. You get all of Saban to wash over you. You learn to tolerate your wide receiver hitting girls. You learn to be in an environment where uh, the star player can bring a murder weapon to a capital murder, and we don't care. We're just going to play and hire a bodyguard. We're good. You get cleansed, and that's exactly what Juju Smith-Schuster is going to get. Not only that, he is going to help Mac Jones become a good quarterback. I don't know whether Juju Smith-Schuster is any good or not, but he's good enough, and he is an upgrade for New England. Look at us. On the day of the NCAA tournament, what are we talking about? We are talking about the freaking NFL. I mean, are you who are you crapping? Uh, David Montgomery, who I think is pretty good, three-year deal with the Lions. Uh, that may be a bigger deal than maybe, I don't know, DeAndre Smith, Swift, I think is really good. David Montgomery, I think is pretty good. There you go. Has anybody in the history of football, uh, and I don't say this lightly, but has anybody in the history of football made more money as a backup than Jacoby Brissett? Anybody. I want you to think about that. Man, oh man, I don't know what Jacoby Brissett uh, brings other than he's a great dude. No, he's not a good dude. He is a great dude. He's not kind of a good dude. He is awesome. But you got a guy in Jacoby Brissett. You got a guy that's like, hey, uh, here we go. So he signs a $1 million or a $8 million one-year contract. The dude got buku bucks from the Colts. I mean, the Colts gave him like $20 million. Colts weren't messing around. He's been in the league forever. You know, he's been in the league since 1560. Jacoby Brissett has made more money being a backup, being a good guy, being a leader, uh, maybe the best backup in the league. I'm happy for Jacoby Brissett. He goes to the commanders, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I ain't mad about it. I am not mad about it even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Good for him because he's a good dude. Uh, all right, John Moran. There's a guy on ESPN. His name is Myron Metcalf. Myron Metcalf is an inconsequential writer. Myron Metcalf is a guy that when anybody disputes what Myron Metcalf says or questions it, he runs to HR. He did it to a couple of my friends at ESPN. He is the, he is a fraud. Okay. I'm ripping folks today. It's kind of fun. He is awful. I mean, horrendous. So Myron Metcalf, because, well, some of us, some of us have been saying, hey, look, uh, John Moran's dad, and I will stand up for this any day, any time. John Moran's dad is horse bleep. He's awful. Get rid of him. What are you doing? Why are you being John Moran's dad? What's going on with you? Why are you being a fool? Well, he says, and he blames it on the black father and the expectations. Uh, really? Uh, no. No, here's the deal. Um, John Morant's dad became part of the scene. John Morant's dad is a pain in the ass. He became part of that life, as the fellas like to say. You know, I got one in the strap, man. I got one in the hole and I got my strap. Shut up. You just want to smack these guys. Like, you guys are such little weasels. Drop the gun, start fighting, get your brains beat out, and then let me hear about one in the strap. I got my strap on, man. 
and I got one in the hole. Yeah, pull this, it plays Jingle Bells. I'm trying to find because sometimes I'm ill-prepared on the show, apparently. But my man, Myron Metcalf, blames all the problems on being a white or being a black father. T. Morant raised a son who made mistakes. Now he's a bad dad? Yes. Horrendous. The bar for a present black father is impossible. The narrative is that black fathers can only be too absent or too present, and there are famous black men, some of the That's crap. No one says anything about being too present. No one says anything, or we do, about being too absent. It has nothing to do with black fathers. It has to do with becoming part of, quote, that life. Instead of being a father, you were an enabler. Instead of being a father, you became part of the posse. Look, I judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. And little guys like Myron Medcalf try so hard. It has nothing to do with being a black father. It has to do with being a father that is now trying to be all about that life. Man, I got my strap on and I got one in the hole. Idiots. Stone freaking idiots. So now Morant is out of counseling. Uh, (laughs) He went two days. uh, And uh, NBA has concluded his investigation, suspending the mate game. He's going to lose a million or so. And now he's back. Problem with Morant is he's just not who he's trying to be. He kind of looks like a young lady. I don't know. I mean – you know, he's got the hair, and he's just like, you don't take him seriously when he's trying to be a tough guy. There are some dudes that you take seriously when they're trying to be a tough guy. I saw a commercial for Steven Adams yesterday, and my wife's like, whoa, man, who is that dude? He looks that mean. I go, yeah, he's uh, Steven Adams. I mean, Steven Adams looks like a tough guy. See what I did there? I used a white guy so that, you know, <laughs> we got to do that. Uh, anyway, this dude, there's a lot of things that look tough. A lot of people that look tough, a lot of places that are tough. He ain't one of them. And his little daddy T, who's walking around with his little shades, uh, I'm sure he's got a strap, man. And his dumbass brother, who got uh, banned from all the rest of the game, yeah, you're a horse bleep father. You weren't. You're great. Great family. And then you became all about that life, man. I can't stop saying it. I'm sorry. I can't. And I got a, my strap. I'm going to walk up. You know what I'm doing? I'm showing right here my gun. You know, hey, you want a problem? You want a problem? Got my strap. (laughs) Complete idiots. You ever see these guys? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Edwin Diaz. This is sad, man. He's like the best reliever in baseball with the Mets. He's playing in the WBC. Next thing you know, he goes down. Next thing you know, uh, he's sitting there, and he's probably going to be out for the year. Look gruesome. It's one of the reasons guys don't play, but guys should play. What are they doing? Just play. One guy gets hurt. Jalen Brown got hurt. Jalen uh, Smith got hurt. Oh, you shouldn't play. Shut up. Go get your strap and one in the hole and go play. Sound like Jim Rome right now. <laughs> Is there anything funnier than these guys walking around? I'm about that life. I got a group text uh, with a bunch of my buddies. And two of them are rap guys. This is the whitest text chain ever. And they quote rap lyrics. Like, seriously. Serious rap lyrics. My brother and I laugh. We're like, okay. (laughs) It's the whitest group ever. Uh, You couldn't be more whiter than this particular group. It's a bunch of guys I played fast pitch softball with. I mean, they're whiter than me. We're so white, we're clear. And they're quoting rap lyrics. (laughs) 
At least Billis does it facetiously, and it caught on, right? But anyway, uh, go grab your strap, go put one in the hole, and let's go out in the yard and see if we can, you know, kick it. Oh, man. Honest to God. Who we got tonight? Who we got tonight? Let's see who we got tonight. Anyway, we'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. All right, in a minute or two, Craig Carton, famous, famous, famous talk show host. He has his show on FS1 every morning. It's a good show, Carton Show. Uh, he's been on the show before. He is a New York guy through and through. He is a New York Jets fan through and through. Aaron Rodgers said yesterday the smoke did come out. The smoke came out, and Aaron Rodgers said that he, in fact, is going to pursue the opportunity to go to the Jets, which made everybody happy, everybody excited, everybody jumping up and down, standing on their head, and poop snowballs. That's right. That's what they did. Well, he is going to join us in a minute. But first, I wanted to have one region that I picked for you. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the East region. Now, here's the prop. Here's one bracket. Here's another bracket. Oh, what to do. Oh, which to give you. So I'm going to give you the one that's got Purdue. All right. You ready? Purdue, the number one seed. They're going to win. Uh, I got them beating Memphis, ladies and gentlemen, but I got to tell you, that ain't going to be easy. I got Memphis beating Dusty May in Florida Athletics. Should be a good, good game. Really good game. Uh, I got Duke beating Oral Roberts, but Oral Roberts uh, is going to give Duke a hell of a game for a long time. But then I love what Duke's doing. In fact, I think Duke's getting to the Final Four, but I'm not going to say it. That's in my other bracket. Uh, I got Duke beating Oral Roberts late, like one of those 92-78 games, you know, something like that. I think it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Louisiana, like, look, now I talked yesterday uh, about this kid, Brown, that plays for Louisiana. He originally went to Arizona. He was terrific as a high school kid, top 30 recruit. Sean Miller got fired. Now he's at Louisiana. And, oh, at 19-9 and three blocks, he is a force inside. Tennessee, we all know Ziegler out, the point guard. That is bad business, losing your point guard in the NCAA tournament. I think Tennessee squeaks by this one, but ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, as a 413, this dangerous business for Tennessee. I'm going to bet Louisiana, I'm going to take uh, the points. Which one is it? I actually wrote down every point spread. I'm going to get 11.5 points in this game. I think I'm going to take it. Not 100% sure, I'm still looking. Uh, Kentucky and Providence. I watch Ed Cooley's team. I like Ed Cooley's team. Ed Cooley's team has dealt with injuries. Ed Cooley still has Providence in the NCAA tournament. But I think, I think this is going to save uh, a lot of face for Kentucky. Uh, Calipari will be tight. The players will be tight. It'll be an under in the first half. And then Kentucky, I think, will win this game by eight. Six to eight, something like that, over Providence. Kansas State, Montana State, I got to tell you, I don't care. I literally don't care. Kansas State, to me, is dull. Montana State, to me, they could be great. I have no idea, and I literally don't care. There are some teams in college basketball I just don't care about. One of them is Kansas State. The other is Miami. I've never been able to care. 
I'm sorry. It's just the way I roll. But I'm going to take Kansas State. Michigan State, USC. Now, here is interesting. Oh, baby. Andy Einfeld has somehow survived at USC. I'm not sure how. He wins just enough. Uh, has athletes out the yank. Survived the federal investigation of the Southern District of New York. He's the head coach of USC. I'm going to take USC in that one, and I'm going to take Marquette. Marquette's playing better than any. We can keep it right there. I'm going to take Kentucky to beat Kansas State, and that's going to save Calipari's season. It's going to save his season. I'm going to take Marquette uh, to beat USC, although I got to tell you, you're talking about a Big East team. Now, Marquette will get up and down. Marquette will play fast. Marquette is not afraid, but I'm going to take US. I'm going to take Marquette just because they're playing better than in the top half. I'm going to take Duke uh, over Tennessee, and I'm going to take Purdue in a tough one, tough one over Memphis. That ain't going to be easy, pal. That is not going to be easy. That is going to be hard. You got Kendrick Davis, the best point guard in the country, at Memphis. You got DeAndre Williams, as Tom Crean said yesterday. He might be 28. Like, I don't know. I had a friend, Frankie Krzyzewski. He, back in the day, played six years of college baseball. He kept moving around. I don't know how he did. I'm like, Frankie. Another guy, Phil Benson, played six years of college baseball. I don't know how they did it. I just know they did. Salute. DeAndre Williams is doing it. And then I've got Purdue winning, Marquette winning, and Purdue going to the Final Four. I'm not – look, I really think Duke does. I I do. I I got both brackets. I got two brackets going. You know I like Purdue. Uh, Went to the Purdue-Indiana game. Purdue looked overmatched athletically by Indiana. Drew Shafino was – or Shafino, whatever the hell his name is, was making shots. It's not a homer pick. Look, I played – I coached at Indiana 17 years. Think I give a rat's ass about Purdue? The answer is no. Craig Carton doesn't give a rat's ass about Purdue unless he picked him on his show. Craig Carton, uh, you see him, you know him, you love him. Every morning on FS1, I watch uh, every morning. And uh, I got to tell you, Greg Jennings, I think I told you this, really good. James Jones, really good on your show. And you're really good. Uh, I do okay, but those guys are great. I appreciate you saying that. How you doing? Oh, it's true. Uh, I'm spectacular. I'm going to win so much freaking money today. It's unbelievable. I got my ass beat last night, and I'm ready to roll, man. I'm not even messing around. Hey, uh, the big story, like, I, in, in, in the state of Indiana, Craig, when Indiana mm-hmm. basketball wins three games in a row, I, it could be against Norfolk State, Chicago State, and Wisconsin Green Bay, us Indiana people think we're winning a national championship. Purdue fans could win 12 in a row, win the Big Ten, win the Big Ten tournament, and they know it's all going to come crashing down. I've been told that Jets fans are like Purdue fans. We're so used to freaking misery, we don't believe in Aaron Rodgers yet until he signs. Oh, no, no, no. They, they believe it. Uh, it. That's a wrap. Uh, the question now is, do the Jets uh, win a Super Bowl? But uh, the Jet Nation has got bad bleep crazy. Because we now, for the first time in our franchise's history, have uh, a guy that, as the kids say today, is him. We have a legitimate stud quarterback. And I think uh, when you consider the rest of the talent that exists on the New York Jets, it's okay now. Jet fans can dream the dream. And you know, I'm 23 years old, as you know. 
And in my lifetime, I've never been able to dream the dream. So the mere fact that I can now, uh, you know, go to bed at night and have these uh, fantasies that might come real is a major change. So we're all in. We may not like the guy. I said this this morning. I view Aaron Rodgers the way I view presidents of our country and airline pilots. I may not like you, but I'm rooting for you. And that's where we are right now with, with Aaron Rodgers. As a 23-year-old currently, that means you were really young, a toddler really, when Brett Favre came over to the world of the Jets. Um, does there seem, is there trepidation because, you know, Favre was fine. Sanchez was actually really good. He came in here and beat Peyton Manning. Mark Sanchez right. gets very undervalued. Uh, is there trepidation with Rodgers because Favre didn't quite get it done? No, I don't think so. It's a, I mean, look, it's an obvious comparison. They, they both uh, left Green Bay. They both came to New York. Brett Favre started off 8-3 and three his one year with the New York Jets, and then he busted his shoulder. We didn't know about it, and they basically lost out. I just think Aaron Rodgers right now has more good football left in him than Brett Favre probably did when he came here and hurt his shoulder. I recognize he went to Minnesota and had a great year the following year after he had the shoulder surgery. Uh, it's an obvious comparison, but probably not a fair one. We are getting one of the great quarterbacks who still, I think, has a lot of football left. Now, the rub on it for the New York Jets is, well, how long do you really get him for? Uh, I think you're guaranteed a year and nothing more than a year. And I think ba based and depending upon how that one year goes, maybe he walks out the door and you never see him again. Maybe he comes to run it back in year two. But this is a very small window where the New York Jets are now saying, we're going to go for it. We're going to try to steal a title uh, while everyone else is not paying attention. And that's basically what they're trying to do. All right. So for people that don't follow the Jets as closely, what do the Jets need to add here to help get what you just said done? They got to figure out the offensive line like a lot of teams. You know, the guy that they were counting on a couple years ago, to be uh, the stud left tackle is a guy that named Makai Becton. Makai Becton can't stay on the field. Now, to his credit, he's lost like 50 pounds, and he looks great. So they need to make sure they've got a left tackle. And then the question becomes, all right, sure up to defense a little bit. It's already a top-five defense anyway. But, you know, the guy that was emerging as a star running back for them was Brees Hall. Brees Hall tore his ACL in October against the Denver Broncos. So no guarantee that he's back at all this year or for even a, a meaningful part of the year. So is it running back by committee? Do they go after a guy like Ezekiel Elliott to kind of hold the fort until Brees Hall comes back? And then, you know, how much football does Aaron Rodgers have left in him? They got Lazard, as you're showing your audience right there. You've got Garrett Wilson, who is Offensive Rookie of the Year. You've got Elijah Moore, who had a great rookie year, not a great sophomore year. And you've got decent tight ends. The New York Jets, and I know this seems like uh, a crazy oxymoron, are a very talented team. And now they've got a quarterback, and the hope is that he does what he hasn't done for the last 10 years, and that's go to a Super Bowl. Do um, So Zach Wilson says he's going to make life miserable. What happens with Zach Wilson? <laughs> Zach Wilson makes life miserable for us 
Chet fans, he's not going to make life miserable for uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be on the roster because they don't want to give up on the second pick overall, despite the fact that the kid can't play. I I think it's a couple things. I think he's not an NFL quarterback just yet. And he's one of those guys that you know probably grew up as the best athlete in everything he did in a small town, was coddled very much. And then you wake up one day and you're surrounded by type A guys who had to earn it, had to bust their asses, uh, who are warriors and fighters and put in all the extra time. And you've kind of gotten by just based on you were better than the neighborhood kids. And as you know, the NFL's different. And I think Zach Wilson wasn't prepared for that. I don't question his arm strength. I don't question his, you know, kind of pure athleticism. But being an NFL quarterback, I think we'd all agree, is the single toughest position in all of sports, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And he just never really put it together. And he lost the locker room. And when you lose the locker room in the NFL, you're done. And I don't think we ever see him play another day for the uh, Jets unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. You know, this is terrible of me to say, but well, then don't um, say when it. they drafted him, yeah, I don't mind being terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought his mom was hot when they – but then I started – people like, hey, look at this. I, I got tired of her. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I dated women when yeah. I got divorced a few years ago, and they got tired of me. You know, I, I got tired of his mom. I got tired of the whole thing. And I'm totally on the outside. I, you know, I'm not in New York. I'm I, I, not a New York Jazz fan. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of him and the whole, the whole Zach Wilson thing. Is that the feel of New York? Yes. Uh, not, not, not so much his mom. I mean, the mom was really, you know, during the draft process. I said the same thing. And I think she really uh, wanted to be you know, on the Real Housewives of Utah. I think she wanted to be a celebrity herself. Right. And, you know, that doesn't help uh, the kid out at all. So maybe that's a small part of it. Uh, we're tired of Zach because he didn't play well. You know, fans, I'm sure yeah. same for you guys. You'll put up with guys that you may not like if they're balling, if they're playing well, when you don't play well and you make yourself into this unlikable figure, that combination is like dynamite. And, you know, one of the biggest mistakes he made, it was after uh, one of the two New England games, where he was just god awful, and during uh, the you know the um, press conference after the game, he was asked if he felt like he owed the defense an apology because the defense played their butts off and he like completed two passes and he got, he essentially defiantly said no. Why would I apologize to them? And at that moment, his jet career ended, and that's real. I remember that. I remember the uproar. And I remember as a former coach going, well, what the hell? I mean, what, what are you right. doing? At least, you know, right. fake it. You know what I mean? Just, you know, you can't. Then you got to walk in. You got to walk into that locker room. Um, Daniel Jones signed a big deal. Giants, what are your thoughts on that? Timing seems like everything in that guy's life. Dude, if you throw 15 touchdown passes in an entire NFL season and that equates to $82 million guaranteed – I'm loosening up the old chicken wing, baby. Uh, listen, <laughs> right. he's a good guy. The guys love him. In, right. The guys love him. He's an average quarterback, but like anything else in life, right place, right time. And you give him credit. He had a good year when he had to have a good year. Now, they signed Darren Waller. They're going to put more skill position talent around him. They let Kenny Galladay go yesterday, which they should have because he was a disappointment. 
And I think if you give him a legitimate wide receiver now and you add Waller to the mix, if he's healthy, you know, the, the idea is that you get more out of Daniel Jones because, you know, he was great running the ball. He's 700 yards running the ball at seven touchdowns, but it's a passing league. And when you throw for 15 touchdowns, you know, that ain't great. But uh, you give the – I never begrudge guys making money. I'm always pro-athlete. You know, you make as much money as you can, and you never apologize for it. But when I look at the money that's been handed out to quarterbacks, the one contract that's kind of an albatross out there that doesn't make sense is $82 million guaranteed to a guy who threw 15 touchdown passes. So it, it, it doesn't jive in my brain, but, you know, good for him and good for the agent that got it. Does does Daniel Jones, like, I, I, I do equate him to Eli. Eli was great, but they're kind of vanilla guys. Like, Rodgers comes in and the needle is immediately moved. Eli moved the needle by winning two Super Bowls. Actually, I would argue that Eli is more interesting and fun now even than when he was winning two Super Bowls, but I'm not a Giants fan. Does Daniel Jones excite? No. No, he's melted toast. I'll give you an example. When I came back to the radio in New York, I called the New York Giants up, and I wanted to have uh, you know, a couple of you know, big-name Giants on my radio show. And the Giants themselves said, look, we'll give you Danny Jones, but you're not going to want him. He's not that guy. He's not a, a, you know, an affable, you know, entertaining, fun guy. He's a great kid, but he's boring. Uh, and, you know, there are comparisons to Eli when Eli played, Eli obviously has become this, you know, amazing, you know, funny, talented, irreverent, you know, guy that we didn't see when he played. Uh, so there's a lot of similarities. Now you got to get, you know, beyond the first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs, and win. Because, you know, the when you think of Eli Manning, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl MVP, beats Brady in both the Super Bowls, and we know the history by now, Eli Manning was not a great regular season quarterback. Like Eli Manning in 2007 was about to be cut or demoted by the New York Giants. Jerry Reese, their general manager, called him a skittish quarterback. And then all of a sudden, they have a big win against Buffalo. They get into the playoffs, and the rest is history. They beat Tampa. They beat Dallas. They beat Green Bay, uh, obviously New England. And uh, that was it. You know, $250 million later, Eli Manning's a legitimate Hall of Famer. Um, so I think when you compare the two, I would bet that when Danny's career is over, his regular season numbers will be much better than Eli Manning's. But if you don't win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. Hey, last, last thing. Um, do any of these coaching hires, we got a guy here, there's really no juice here in Indianapolis you know, you don't, we don't have a quarterback. You don't really know the coach. You, you like them. You're like, hey, let's go. Did any of these coaching hires outside of maybe Sean Payton move the needle in the NFL? I, I don't think so. You know, Payton's the biggest name, but I've got the answers for you guys in Indianapolis. And I think you know her say a lot better than I do. But it may, this, this, to me, is a no-brainer. And I know he wanted to move to one to get Bryce Young, but you've got Carolina taking the pick from Chicago, so I think that's off the table. Can you explain to me why the Indianapolis Colts would not make an offer for Lamar Jackson? You're preaching to the choir. You, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you, you why. I'll give you the four. I'll give you the four because right now 
I know health has been an issue, but Lamar Jackson's better than C.J. Stroud. He's better than Anthony Richardson. He's better than the kid from Kentucky. You're talking about a 26-year-old MVP. If the Colts have Lamar Jackson, the Colts are a playoff team this year. Right. There, there's, there's no question. And here's the caveat to that. Jimmy Ursay wants to spend money. You know, and not one human being. And, and, and the national media talks about Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard stinks. I mean, Chris Ballard's draft choices have been horrendous. I do not, I don't trust Chris Ballard even a little bit. And I hate to say it, Chris Ballard was a friend. I'm sure he's not a friend now. But the truth of the matter is you got an owner that'll spend. You don't have a quarterback. You got a guy that can really, it drives me nuts. There is no reason whatsoever for the Colts not to go out. The Colts draft choices are meaningless. Give them all. Do to Mike Ditka back in the day. Just give them all because Ballard has drafted horrifically after his first draft. And even those guys aren't playing. Craig, it drives me nuts. It drives me insane that the Colts aren't doing this. It's a no-freaking-brainer at every level, every level. And the other thing is there's no other team out there that can get them because you know, everyone's filled their quarterback spot. And I understand you want to build with a young stud. I'm not saying Stroud won't be great, Young won't be great. Well, they're all going to be great. Maybe they are. But I got a kid who's 26 years old who's an NFL MVP yes. that makes me a contender tomorrow. And if I'm a Colts fan, I'm not. But if I am, hey, the Jets just got Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? The New York Jets are legitimate contenders right now for a Super Bowl. If I'm the Colts and I got an owner's one or you know, stroke that check, I'm all over Lamar Jackson. And I'd be shocked if they're not. One of the things that has happened in Indy is the owner has put his daughter with headphones on during this on the sideline taking notes. In every head coach's meeting, Jimmy Ursay wasn't there, but his daughter was involved. Uh, I don't believe that Chris Ballard makes the draft call. I don't think so. I think it's going to be Jim Ursay because he doesn't trust Ballard. And I would love I, – I don't have an answer. I would love to see – oh, man, it's a no-brainer. I, w- I would love to see it happen, but I don't think it is. Let me ask you this. If I were going to say to you three options, um, one – Lamar Jackson ends up at a team like the Colts or whomever, you know, Atlanta, whatever. Uh, two, he sits out. Three, he signs and re-signs and is good to go with the Ravens. Which one? Uh, I think you're looking at a prolonged holdout. I think if the Ravens wanted to give him anywhere close to the money he's asking for, they would have offered it already. I think at some point he's got to dig in. I don't think sitting out an entire year is ever advantageous for a player uh, in the NFL. I think it sets you back. Uh, And you saw Deshaun Watson, the results for him. Obviously, different backgrounds and different stories, but he didn't play football for damn near two years. And you saw an average quarterback when he first came back. I think that'll be different this year. Uh, The other, the flip side of that, of course, is, you know, if you think you deserve uh, $200 million guaranteed, how do you bring yourself to play for 32? Now, the rest of us can't understand that. Every one of us would say 32 guaranteed, uh, I'm your guy. Uh, I just don't think he's going to play on the franchise tag because if he does, there's no reason why they don't franchise him again the year after that and then the year after that. And then the crazy part of that is if he does play and he gets franchised three consecutive years, which is the max you can do it, he will wind up making – to the dollar, what they offered him nine months ago. 
And that would be funny to me. <laughs> that would be really, oh, man, really funny to me. All right, last thing before I let you go. Um, quarterbacks, huge money. Is Deshaun Watson's contract going to be an, an albatross on an already horse bleep organization, or will Deshaun Watson and his contract lift the, uh, the Browns to, let's say, at minimum during the course of the contract to an AFC championship game? That, listen, the problem for them is getting out of their own division. Like, Deshaun Watson can play great, and they could still be the third best team in their own division. So I think the competition in the AFC is just too good for anybody to guarantee that, you know, the Cleveland Browns or any team could be in the AFC championship game. I think if the Cleveland Browns are playing in the NFC, I would say there's a really good shot that if Deshaun plays that what we saw in the Houston, that they'd make a run. But man, I mean, first you got to be Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Assuming Lamar does play, you got to be them. Uh, they could have a great year and still be the third best team in their own division. So I, I would not tell you that over the course of his contract that there's anywhere close to being a lock that they make it to an AFC championship game. The AFC's mad tough. And then you have, at some point, Herbert's going to have to win a playoff game. You got Trevor Lawrence on the come right now, right? They're going to be a playoff team for years to come. And they added Calvin Ridley, uh, who's now reinstated. You got the Jets this year. The AFC is not the conference to be in if you're a little bit above average. You got to be a amazing football team to get to a Super Bowl through the AFC. I'd rather be an NFC team all day right now. Me too, and I'm sitting here in Indianapolis with a team that doesn't have a quarterback, doesn't have an right. doesn't have anything, doesn't have a, doesn't have a weapon, doesn't uh, other than Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it drives me nuts. Hey, Craig, I love your show. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Great stuff. Thanks for the time. I know you're swamped. Anytime. Always. Look forward to seeing you again. Be well. Thank you. That's Craig Carton. Watch him every day. It's a great show. It is. Carton Live. It's right there on Fox Sports. I, I watch it. I have it on every morning uh, when I get up. All right. We're going to talk some sports gambling with an expert, Tim Barker Betts, the number one sports gambler on DraftKings. Joins us next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right, let's go. I need an expert because I'm telling you, I'm sitting here, I'm looking, and my big fat brain is hurting. It is. My brain is hurting uh, because I got a slate. You know we're going to bet it. We're not messing around. But I'm having trouble with today's games. Usually I give you a parlay that wins, the world is happy, and next thing you know, we win. Tim Barker bets. He joins us. He knows you are a West Virginia man. You're going with the Mountaineers. Is this a homer pick or is this a legit, I've studied this, this is what I think pick? It's both. It's definitely both. I've watched the Mountaineers every game this year. They've improved markedly over the season. And it being the first game of the day, starting the whole slate for March Madness, I'm excited for that. But more importantly, I think they match up well against Maryland. I've watched Maryland a couple times, watched them in the Big Ten tourney. They're hot and cold, just like WVU. I think that's why you're seeing the spread at, at two uh, the spread's moved a little bit toward WVU, uh, but I think, you know, the Mountaineers pull it out in a close game. 
Let me ask you a question. Uh, when you look at these spreads going across the board, what what do you like? I mean, what what is there is there like? Did they get any of these wrong? Like, I'll, I'll give it to you. I got them all right here. Like, I'm looking. I don't know enough about Charleston, but they're getting 11. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. What, what are you seeing in these spreads? Well, Char- Charleston's getting five and a half. Um, they're, they're, oh, five and a half? Yeah, they're, Charleston's getting five and a half. That's a game I really like. I really like Charleston, not only to advance and, and possibly win straight up, but – to possibly give Virginia a run for their money in the next round. Uh, they're a team that plays 100 miles an hour on both sides of the ball the entire game. Uh, they had some really tough games in their conference tournament, and I've watched them several times uh, throughout the course of the year. The only games they've lost uh, are in conference, right? They, they went on the road and beat a lot of top five uh, co- or you know power five teams during the year, and uh, I feel like they've got as, as good a shot as anybody. All right, what else you like? Today I like Arkansas. Uh, I think that's that's a team that a lot of people are wondering, why did they get in? Um, you know, SEC wasn't that strong toward the end of the year. You know, some teams like Tennessee faltered and others. But I do like Tennessee um, because, you know, there's a reason they're getting a four seed. Um that's tomorrow, but but for today, I do like Arkansas over Illinois. Uh, Arkansas with the two pros. Let's go to Tennessee. That's the game I actually thought. It was Louisiana getting 11. They've got the big kid that's damn good, the transfer from Arizona. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got a lot of guys back here. Everybody, you know, OutKick is based in Tennessee, so oh, everyone yeah. jumps up and down, stands on their heads, and craps snowballs about the vials in every sport. <laughs> drives me nuts. All right, walk me through Tennessee and Louisiana. Well, Tennessee, you know, you kind of have two opposite ends of the spectrum here. Tennessee was a top five team the first three quarters of the year. The last quarter of the year, can't find the basket. I mean, they just have no shooters. They also lost their point guard. Um, I like Tennessee to win that game. I don't like Tennessee to cover that game. Um, that's a lot of points when you don't have a, a true point guard. Um, I do like some of their wing players. They've got a lot of experience. You know, they lost to Michigan last year, should have never lost that game, uh, led the entire way. So they have guys with tournament experience, so I don't think they're going to be any out of their element. But uh, I do think that Louisiana getting 11 and a half that's that's way too many points when you don't really have a strong backcourt presence toward the end of the game. I agree with that. I, I, I think that I looked at that and I thought to myself, you know what? That is a ton of points. Uh, how are you riding Duke? What are your thoughts on Duke? Hey, they're, they're as hot as anybody right now. Um, I l- really like Roach uh, coming in. They also have, you know, new new guys that have, really acclimated toward the end of the year and gelled. I think as you look at their bracket, that is the toughest bracket. In my opinion, uh, the bracket they're in, you know, as coming out of there, um, the team though that I, that I see, and I'm going to get to see them uh, tomorrow night in Columbus is Memphis. I think you see an elite eight matchup of Duke and Memphis. That's my prediction. I, Memphis is flying way under the radar. 
um, as having just beat Houston, should have beaten Houston earlier in the year, uh, lost lost a really close game, but led the majority of that game. Um, I think you're going to see Memphis-Duke in that Elite Eight matchup. Tim Barker is the third largest better player on DraftKings. So when people do, I listen. I'm in – look, Chris Reynolds, who is the head of the committee, I recruited and I coached at Indiana. Great guy. He's an Indiana guy, worked at Indiana, went to law school at Indiana. He did Indiana a solid. He put Purdue in a horrible situation playing yeah. Memphis in the second round. He gave Indiana, look, I know Kent's good and they're sexy, and I know Drake is good and they're sexy. I watch both and I like them, and Miami's fine. But I'd much rather play, if I'm Indiana, a combination of Kent State in the first round and either Miami or Drake in the second round as opposed to having to play freaking Memphis. 100%. Um, I do, and this is not you know any uh, slight toward you, Dan. I, I do have Indiana uh, playing Iowa. So I have Iowa um, advancing. So I have a uh, Sweet 16 matchup that I think you're going to see Big Ten rematch. I know Iowa got them. Uh, pretty hard at Indiana the last time they played. But if you look, I always look at, you know, what's the last 10 games? How have they fared? How have they been against the spread? Uh, Indiana has fared well and were really hot, I thought, coming off of that second Purdue win before they lost in the in the uh, Big Ten tournament to Penn State. So I feel like Indiana has a great shot to go to the Elite Eight. Well, Indiana's only five and five in their last ten. I know, but I just mean against the spread. Even even if it's oh. they're 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 playing they're playing well. They're playing well. I, I mean to go to Purdue and thrash them like that. Um, I, I like Indiana advancing. I think they're, they yeah, just I have think Indiana has talent. They do. Yeah, I don't. I, I disagree with you on playing well. I think they've got two weapons. They have uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Shafino, and the rest of the guys are. Kind of clowns, but I get what you're saying. They have enough talent. People say, "Is there is there a point guard a true freshman?" I, I hope they advance. Yeah, he's a is true he a freshman. Yeah, but he's like 20 yeah. years old. Yeah, he's a point. Hey, Shafino's a, a point guy. He's 20 years old. You know, I mean, he's an older guy. He went to prep school, I think. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I want to go back to something. Where are you at with Alabama? Another report comes out. Maybe there was a fourth guy there. I don't know. You got to start yeah. traveling with a. Uh, a bodyguard. Where are you with Alabama? So I was at the SEC tournament all four days uh, last week in Nashville. Uh, got to see Alabama play three times. I do think that Alabama is the eventual national champion unless there is a team like Duke that can match up and, and just outscore them. It's, it's really hard to get a grasp on the whole situation. Um, you know, I'll, I'll leave some of my thoughts out of it on, on that regard, but I will tell you from a pure basketball standpoint, they are by far the best team I've watched top to bottom all year. Um, and they have a closer, right? They, they can beat you three different ways. And one of those ways is defending. I mean, they, they shut Texas A&M completely down. A&M didn't shoot well, but A&M wasn't getting open shots. And on the other side of the ball, you know, they can run and gun you, but they can also – they came out of two timeouts when that game got back to within single digits. 
they came out of two timeouts and give Nate Oates credit. They ran sets that got guys wide open shots and executed on both of them. So uh, I think they're pretty well coached. I think they've got uh, immense amount of talent. And obviously, uh, Brandon Allen's a, a you know, first-round pick. No, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think they're the best team in the country. I think they're the more. But you know what? Who knows? Who knows how, how this whole thing is going to play out? You know, everybody loves the upset, 413, all that kind of stuff. Do, do you like one in particular more than others? Or is there one? The best one is today with Charleston. I think they could win straight up. Um, I, I really like them to cover five and a half or six, wherever that line ends up. But I, I think Charleston's probably your best bet. And they're just a tough-minded basketball team. Uh, they've got guys that can bang you inside. If they're shooting well, they're a problem. Uh, so that that's probably my best pick for today on a, uh, you know, on, on a five-twelve there. Do you mess around with over-unders? I do some. Um, my buddy Mike McClure, he loves he loves over-unders. <laughs> He's uh, he studies those things really hard and uh, looking at the way most of the tournament games have gone, you know, last night, for instance, you know, that game was over literally with eight minutes left, uh, Nevada and Arizona state, which was never really a game, but looking at the the whole tournament from, from that perspective, last year, there were more unders in the first two rounds than in any other year in 15 years. Um, so you're not seeing a whole lot of teams Tennessee, for example, they can shoot the ball. Uh, it got teams like AM hot and cold. I saw both days. You know, Vandy, they couldn't miss. Alabama, they couldn't throw in the ocean. So you have to look at who who's in the who's in the game, the matchups, and the pace of the game is what I look at more than anything. Teams that like to slow it down and run sets versus get out and go. Uh, teams like Arizona. Uh, they just want to take every rebound and go transition. Um, you know, your guess is good as mine on some of them because these first-round games, uh, Alabama, for instance, today, that number, I love the under because I don't think Corpus Christi can score more than 55 points. You know, so that would have to put Bama scoring 90. Um, I, I just – I think, you know, you got to look at more of how some of these teams play defense and the pace of the game versus their offensive weapons. Last night or yesterday, a friend of mine told me unders were 9-1. and one. Uh, You know, that includes, obviously, NIT games. The only one, the Nevada. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, Tim, I've been saying this. Um, here in my world, we in the Big Ten, we coach too much. Like, Matt Painter struggles because he takes his shooters out. The Pac-12, if they miss a defensive switch. Like, two years ago, or I think it was two, maybe it was three, they lost in the first round, and he's got his shooters on the bench because Sasha Stefanovic missed a ball screen switch. You know what the Pac-12 does? They say, you missed the switch, you gave up two, go down and get a three. They don't care. Right. They get up and down. Yesterday, the only over that hit second half from halftime on was Nevada-USC because why? The Pac-12, they just go, baby. West Coast basketball does well in the tournament. You're right. I, I was watching um, all year. I've, I've told you earlier when I was on the show before about, you know, my affinity for the Mountain West 
And I also, I did very well in Mountain West and Pac-12 this year. Me too. Didn't, didn't, didn't yes. give the, uh, the right side of that game last night. I mean, Nevada was just a much less physical, physical team uh, yeah. than Arizona State. The, Arizona State just was, was playing really well, as, uh, too. I, Bobby Hurley had them really going last night. But to your point about that, look at USC in this tournament. USC, Michigan State, perfect example of what you're talking about. I love USC for that reason because they get up and down the floor. They've got three guys that can fill it up. When I watch Michigan State, I'll, I'll often come away from the game and I go, do they enjoy playing offense? Does Izzo like scoring the ball? It, it, it just <laughs> blows my mind. It's like, let's just see how many times we can dive on the floor and get a jump ball and you know, it's um, that's my struggle as well with West Virginia is at least this year we have Stevenson, who I think if he goes for 20 today, yeah. WVU beats Maryland to for that exact point. Uh, the Big Ten is is hard to watch. It's becoming the the same way it is in, in football. <laughs> my uh, my buddies that I worked with at ESPN, not the guys on camera, but the producers that do uh, the shows are still my my friends and they're like. They call it the thick ankle league. He goes, you guys run all those guys out there with thick ankles. He goes, everybody's got thick ankles. He goes, while everybody else is thoroughbreds and they're running, you guys are trying to fight each other. It's stupid. Hey, Tim, appreciate you, man. Thank you so Absolutely. much for the time. Go That's Tim Barker Betts. He's the number three player at DraftKings. Go to at Tim Barker Betts, man. That's good stuff. I, I'm with him. Like, you cannot get me off of... Um, you can't, you just can't get me off of the pack 12. And the other thing, the great Andrew Dockage, I was supposed to have him on today, but I forgot to call him. Um, the SEC, I'm taking Maryland and I'm taking the points because I don't believe in the SEC. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my betting advice for you. I got 10 minutes here to share it with you. This is what I'm doing. A lot of people do this in blackjack. So I am betting. I got to tell you, I, I, I love this bet. I, I'm a little bit verklempt. I'm betting the under at halftime. First halftime is going to be Maryland, and it's going to be West Virginia. I'm betting the under. If I lose, I'm doubling on the next game. If I lose, I'm doubling on the next game. It's what I'm doing. That's how I'm betting today. I told you if you read my tweets or you pay attention to what I'm saying – that I was let into, I was, this true story, a secret society of very rich dudes that gamble their faces off. They, ladies and gentlemen, bet like, oh, I don't know. Uh, wait, I got face recognition. Look, uh, they, ladies and gentlemen, bet like 50 grand a game. I am not that guy. That would make me crap myself. I want to do it once in my life, and I'm going to, but it ain't going to be today. Anyway, long story short, I am going to do what I just told you. My first bet is going to be, uh, I'm going to watch the game. It's either going to be 100 or it's going to be 50 at halftime. If I lose, I'm doubling on the next halftime. Just telling you what I'm doing. You got to be versatile. You got to reinvent yourself. There are not very many parlays that I'm in love with here. But there are certain staples that I'm looking at. I'm going to take USC in the points. I'm going to bet Pac-12 basketball. Uh, all things being equal, maybe not in the first round, 
but I'm going to take the points against SEC teams. Andrew Dockage is very, very smart when it comes to a lot of things, mostly basketball. Look, us Dockages, male, we can't tell you who the writer was of, uh, oh, I don't know, Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell album. I'll tell you Meatloaf is a freaking lyrical genius. You'll tell me that Slappy Johnny did all the writing and Meatloaf did the singing. Great. I can't tell you uh, who painted this portrait or what it means. Every portrait and painting where you look at and you got to say, what does it look like to you? I always say two people having sex. It's just what I say. It's where my brain is, okay? Or big boobs. That's what I do. I'm sorry, but that's what I say. I know we're not allowed to, blah, 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 but that's what I do. Hey, what does this painting look like? Well, it, it kind of looks like a set of big boobs having sex with another guy. Well, what does this painting look like? Well, I, it looks like that too. What do you, Dan, what Dan? That's what it looks like to me. You do you. I do me. So anyway, that's what, so, but we know basketball. We know basketball. We study basketball. We live basketball. We've always lived basketball. So I am going to take Maryland just because of that. I'm going to take Iowa just because the SEC. Now, I will say this. I don't think Huggins has ever been a really good coach ever since he left Cincinnati. He's fine. But once he elevated to a job that was in a major league. He hadn't been very good. I don't know that Kevin Willard's any good. They're good. They're bad. They're glad. They're sad. But I am going to take, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Maryland, and I'm going to take the three, and I'm going to bet that way at halftime. So there you go. No, not first half under. No, 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 no. There are no first half unders. Second half under. Second half under, Dylan. Second half under is my parlay. I'm taking Maryland. It's not actually a par- I'll give you a parlay you can put up. But that one was not right. I don't want people on my backside because, hey, Dokic, I saw you have, you know, a cash man, give it to me. He wants his DoorDash delivered. No. No, you can say whatever you guys would like. But this is a secret society of gamblers. That's right. So, my official parlay for today is I'm going to take Maryland and the points. I cannot parlay what I actually want to parlay, which is I want to parlay the second half. I want to parlay the second half of the Maryland game, but I can't. Because it's obviously not up. The over-under is not up. That's what I would parlay. But having said that, I've studied this, and i got to tell you. I'm going to take Virginia Moneyline, and I'm going to take Maryland plus three. Now, that's my official points bet parlay. U-V-A-M-L and Maryland plus three. I'm not in love with it. I'm sorry, I'm not. These games, I don't love. I I don't. You know, back, I could go, okay, this coach, this coach, this coach. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, I I, I don't know. I I can't take uh, any of the big favorites 
because they're minus 500 or 5,000. They're minus 12,500 is what Alabama is. Everybody seems to love Charleston. Uh, so maybe I'll take Charleston and five. Uh, I don't know. But I like having a game where the team, one team is going to win. Like minus 350. And then I add a minus 150 and it gives me even money plus money. But I really don't see it here today. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. I think Iowa is going to beat USC, or excuse me, Auburn. I think so. That it, there it is right there. That's the official Danny D outkick parlay right there. I'm I, Cashman, send it to me. I am open to everything today. I am open to whatever you would like. Anything, everything, because I'm not in love with today's slate. I am struggling, 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 struggling. Cashman says, nothing to love about today's game at the Cashman wins. It's a great site for information. It's not in competition with like points bet. You can't make bets there, but you can get your information. And Cashy is really right, and I'm with him. His gut says, uh, Tennis, Texas A&M, and Boise State. The numbers support Penn State plus three against A&M. I'm going to take that one. I am going to take that one. I am not going to lie. I'm going to take that one, and I don't know that I like it. But halftime unders, second half unders, is where we're going to live in this tournament. Don't at me. I got got all day. You can hit me up on Twitter. I got all day, all day to walk it through, all day. So there you go. All right, don't at me awards. We got some awards to give out coming up next. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with don't at me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Yeah, I'm not messing around uh, today. Uh, We are going to win money. I'm going to eat a lot. But first, I'm going to work out, and I'm going to be a madman. I'm going to be insane. And thanks, all of you, on the YouTube chat. A lot of people giving me hell on Facebook. Now they're mad. I told two guys, hey, just go F yourself. People criticize you. Boy, do they not like having uh, anybody come back. Boy, do they not like it. Uh, They don't like it at all. People love to criticize you, and then they go victim. Some guy called me a buffoon. I said, great, go F yourself. Why are you so thin-skinned? I said, I'm not thin-skinned. Go F yourself, right? I mean, that's what you do. Bah. Anyway, the Burger King Award. There used to be a Burger King song, right? There used to be a Burger King song, and I liked it. But Scotty Scheffler, this is historical, right? Uh, it is historical that, um, well, you put on a dinner for all the Masters champs. The previous year's Masters champ, well, you know what he does? He gets to set the menu. 21-year-old Tiger Woods, he had milkshakes, he had all kind of stuff. That was when Tiger was still trying to hide the fact that he's just a dirtbag. Look, say whatever you want, but he is a dirtbag. I mean, come on. All right, anyway, so here is Scotty Scheffler's uh, cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp, tortilla soup, 
Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish, warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. That, my friends, is a dinner. That, my friends, is what, oh, look, if you're going to say to me, what would you like to eat before you die? You're on death row. This would be in the conversation. I love all of it. Like everything on there. In fact, I'm taking a picture of this and I'm sending it to my wife. I am. Like, make this. Hey, Lee, make this dinner. How good is that? I know Dylan and you guys are sitting there going, yeah, that's pretty good. Don't get the red fish. Give yourself a nice big old ribeye. Are you kidding me? Just give yourself a ribeye. Yeah. Man's meat. A lot of meat in there. I got sliders. I got ribeyes. Yeah, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, next, the Locked Up G Award. How about that? How about that Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is locked up again for another 30 days after a Roman court denied his appeal. Now, look, I don't know what's going on with Andrew Tate, and if the allegations are against him, just keep him locked up. But it is kind of fascinating. I got to tell you, um, I know the answer to this, and Jennifer and you guys on the YouTube chat, I'm curious your thoughts. The Twitter folks, I'm curious your thoughts. I know the answer to this is don't do anything wrong. Okay, I get it. If you're not smuggling, if you're not doing something stupid, then you'll be fine. Is it that way, though? Is it really that way? I mean, if you travel now out of the country, don't go to Mexico. But I'm wondering now, If you travel anywhere outside of the United States or Canada, I'll give you Canada. But if you travel across an ocean and you go that way and you head to the Philippines or you go that way and you head overseas, other than like maybe Spain, uh, Portugal, maybe the, I don't know, the Western European countries, I don't know that I'm all that interested in going to Romania, Russia, Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine's got a war going on. I don't know. People always say, well, we, we went to Mazatlan. I know that's in southern part. But I'm I just saying, would you feel comfortable going to somewhere that isn't, um, what's the right word? Isn't, uh, not civilized, because they're all civilized. I'm not going to Romania, is what I'm telling you. You know, I'm just not. Uzbekistan. I know. No. Uh, I don't want to go south either. Like, I went to Santiago, Chile. Santiago, Chile, I took my basketball team, was a great freaking experience. Unbelievable. Santiago might as well be New York. But I don't know that I want to go. Guy says, I love Mexico. Been there 12 times. Would you go now? I'm not going. You can go. I'm not going. Spain, I think it'd be great. A lot of people love Cabo. That's great. I'm not going. I'm just not. I'm nervous about it. And I don't want to go somewhere where I got to be nervous. Like we used to, as kids, drive to downtown Gary because we liked the thrill. Like, are we going to get shot? We'd go talk to the hookers at the Buckingham Hotel off 3rd Avenue. 
I think it was third, second, no, it was, yeah, I think it was third or sixth. I don't know, but it wasn't fifth. Fifth's the main drag. I can't remember if it was over fifth or before fifth. I think it was sixth. I'm arguing with myself here on the show. Isn't that great TV? But anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I always like the thrill. I always like the thrill. I always like, like, man, this is awesome. This is fantastic. This is tremendous. This is great. You know what I mean? I love it. But also, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know how much I love it as I get older. Yeah, I don't need it. Uh, Coke Ghost Award. Listen to this. A ghost submarine with 87.7 million of Coke and two bodies aboard was seized off the coast of Colombia. Hey, I got to tell you, man. It's freaking awesome. It is absolutely awesome. It is. Fantastic. Like, now we're doing subs. Now we got submarines. Now we're going underwater. My father, I told you, was uh, in charge of not letting subs come into Chicago. There you go. And he did a good job during the war because no subs came into Chicago. But now the cartels are using subs. Like, how do you catch a sub? Like, does a sub just dive down? $87.7 million worth of coke and two dead bodies. That's a hell of a haul. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you you catch a sub. I'll hang up and listen. Like, if I'm driving a sub, Ah oh, man, cops, I'm going deep and I'm turning around. Like when you're ever in a chase and the cops are chasing you, try to make it back to where you started or the general vicinity or go up. I learned this in, in uh, I forget the name of it, when I was in grade school. I learned two things in grade school that I remember. Birds have like invisible walls that they don't cross and people never look up when looking for someone or something. We always look here. We never look up. Always go up when you rob the bank. Always go up if you've committed murder. Always go up if the cops are chasing you. We don't look up. I always said uh, two things. If I ever committed a murder and I was a kid, I was going to hide in the bushes by my house or up in our tree. Because I learned it in not Iowa Basics. Was it Iowa Basics it was called? I think it was Iowa Basics. I think I learned in Iowa Basics. Always going up. Uh, Dan, this is why I like Jody Shelton. Then the hull cavitates and you are dead. Solid. Solid. All right. Okay. Solid advice. Uh... This is unbelievable. They're, this, they're, they're like, I look, I, I know Carton said he was pro player. I'm not pro player. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really, really, really pro anything. Like, I'm pro common sense. Like, if I'm a player, fine. If I'm a co-owner, fine. But I'm just pro common sense. So the New York Yankees who are worth, listen to this, $6 billion, are making their players pay for Wi-Fi. Now, here's the deal. 
Um, I worked at Emmis, not worth $6 billion, and I just connected to the wife. I don't know. When I go to a restaurant, I just connect to the Wi-Fi. When I go to, I don't know, when I go to, when I was working in the media and I go to a games, let's say I'm at Wisconsin, I just connect to the Wi-Fi. You're telling me the New York baseball Yankees have decided that it is in their best interest to, guess what? Charge their players for what? Well, they could afford it, man. Who cares? Like, who really cares? I don't care if they can afford it. I don't care. You're a business. Act accordingly. You're a first-class operation. Can anybody tell me what in the Sam and Henry we are doing? Seriously, what are we doing? All right, I got some sad stuff here. From a Alabama, Dylan just sent this to me. From an Alabama classroom, if you can believe this, all right? An Alabama classroom has introduced bulletproof classrooms. I got to tell you, good for Alabama. You know, here's the way the world has changed. We were having this discussion, a couple of buddies of mine from, from high school. You know, we lived in Gary, Indiana at the time where it was the murder capital of the United States. It was always fighting Shreveport. Uh, Jersey City was in there, although Jersey City's now cleaned up. You're talking about years ago, right? Now, I don't know if you know this, but Maryville, my, my, where I grew up, is now controlled by a cartels. Yeah, look it up. It was just on the news. Anyway, so we never had a shooting. I went and was in that area for, what, 18 years, 25, 30 years? We didn't move till I was probably 25. Not one time did I ever hear of a school shooting. Not one time was there a church shooting. None, zero. And we lived in the murder capital of the United States. I read the newspaper to see where everything happened, where the crime were. Oh, man, we lived on 54th. The crime was on 35th. That's not too bad. Oh, wait a second. A lady three blocks up. Home invasion, she got killed because she came in the house and they killed him. Our, our, my dad's priest in the Serbian Orthodox Church, St. Sava, got his house robbed, held at gunpoint. Scared me to death. But I never heard of a school shooting. Now an Alabama classroom is introducing, they're introducing bulletproof classrooms. This is just sad. It's really just sad. KT Security Solutions is putting it in. Coleman City Schools, West Elementary in Alabama, has installed rapid deploy safe room systems in two of its classrooms. Isn't that horrible? Seriously, isn't that just awful? That that's the world we live in. Again, I go back to this. I go back to, hey, look, uh, murder capital never won. Now it's what we got. All right, Dylan also sent me this this morning, and I saw this last night, and this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Here's the deal. A fourth Alabama player, according to the New York Times, was at the deadly shooting when the car that was involved, driven by Brandon Miller and others, got shot. So there, I always tell you this, there's, with every great basketball player, there's always a little white guy. They got to have a little white guy. The little white guy kisses their backside, makes them feel good, 
does whatever they need for him. And of course, this is a little white guy. There's always a little white guy. Shaq had a little white guy. I think I told you, I go, hey, you're Shaq's little white guy. And he got all mad, this little white guy. Always a little white guy. When you go to an NBA game and there's a star there, the little white guy has usually a white T-shirt on, gold chain, and goes like, oh, all the time somebody scores. Or they walk around and, you know, a little white guy is annoying. The Mac used to have a little white guy. We had Artie Papella. Rob Senderoff was the little white guy uh, at Kent. There was a guy named Simon at Toledo. You get my point. Everybody had a little white guy. So this little white guy is a guy named Kai Spears. His daddy is the uh, AD at Marshall. Now, the New York Times says Kai Spears was at the shooting. That would bring four people. At least they're involved in some way, shape, or form in the fatal death of a young lady, a mother. All right. Now, I don't believe the New York Times. In this case, I actually believe, I do, I actually believe Alabama. You couldn't pay me to buy or read the New York Times. You could not pay me for that. It's great. But the truth of the matter is, I don't believe the New York Times. I, I don't. I'm sorry. And Spears was asked about it. And Spears said, well, I really, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to speak about that. Good for you, little white guy. There's nobody in sports that I have less respect for than the little white guy. There just isn't. The little white guy hanger on. The little white guy hanger on is exhausting. The little white guy hanger on is one of those guys that said, you know what? I don't need to just go away, have some dignity, have some self-respect. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Little white guy. I'm not surprised. What about Jennifer? You've listened to the show for years, man, pastor, man. I always tell you. There's always a little white guy involved. With every great basketball player, a little white guy is doing this. I love saying little white guy today. You know what that means? That means he's sniffing around. Hi. 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 Can I, uh, 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 you know, can, can I get your line? Hi. Yeah. Uh, Mark Titus. Mark Titus has made uh, a career for himself, nothing more than just a little white guy. No value, but he's always a little white guy. You know what I mean? There always is. There is always. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go back. Can you put the points bet parlay of the day up? Let's rehash as we are working towards the NCAA tournament in an hour and a half. It's 10.46. There it is. Uh, there is the parlay. Maryland plus three. Not in love with it, but I ain't mad at it. And Virginia money line. Look, I don't know. I, I don't know whether or not Virginia can beat Furman. Furman's going to score in the 80s. We all know, and this is why Virginia has not had a, the greatest success other than, I know, they, got, they won a championship, and it's great. But that was a team in Virginia that could score in the 80s. This Virginia team has a hard time of getting out of the 50s. So I'm not in love with this bet. Furman can go play in the 80s. But here's the deal with Furman. I looked this up today. In their conference, Mercer, those kind of teams, 
They played a lot of close games, man. So you're going to tell me, yes, they're used to winning close games, but nobody in college basketball, and I mean zero, nobody, nobody over the last however many years plays games down the stretch more so than UVA. So Furman, that is negated. What Furman must do is make the game attract me. Let's go. And then we'll figure it out later. Maryland, I'm betting on Maryland because there are times that Maryland is really good. West Virginia, Eric Stevenson is very good. He's a pro. He's on like his seventh school. He's going to be somewhere playing in Dubuque in a year after, man, I'm, I'm going to camp. Yeah, I know. We're all going to camp. But the truth of the matter, basketball camp. But anyway, the truth of the matter is I don't believe in the SEC because I believe in Andrew Dockage. By the way, did you know UV, uh, West Virginia is in the SEC? Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, I did, but that's still rare to me. Anyway, Huggins, is big fat ass, is going to get beat. He's going to be on the sidelines looking sloppy, looking like a mess. West Virginia is going to go out and get beat, and Maryland's going to win, and our toes are going to be tapping. But ladies and gentlemen, the bet of the tournament is going to be second half unders. A secret society of very wealthy people that uh, told me. All right, let's go woke a dope. I love woke a dope. I love it. There's always a little white guy. There is. Hey, Dan, you can you can text me. All right, you can text me. I'm gonna get to keep this up forever. Will you please? Uh, here's the deal. You can text me about a game. You can, you can email me. Uh, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not giving out my email, and I'm not giving out my phone number. So DM me about games because I'm going to sit my fat ass on the Peloton, and I'm going to run. I'm going to bike. I'm going to go. 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 And I'm studying every, everybody, everybody. I'm just a straight, happily married guy who loves wearing high heels. All right. All right. Okay. I'm just a straight married guy who loves wearing high heels. No judgment here. No judgment, but I'm not going to lie to you. I got a daughter. That guy walks into the women's bathroom. I'm going right in behind. Yeah. Look, I, 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 I don't care. Look, call me whatever names you'd like. I certainly have the option of doing that. You know, we have 80 bazillion people on this planet. No two are alike, so no two should have to think alike. And I'm not mad at this guy. Go get him, baby. You look good in them heels. I'm sure your wife digs it. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you anything that you'd like to bet that there will be a time, whoever this guy is, I'll bet you anything you'd like, this dude gets divorced. I'll bet you anything. This is all cute for a little bit. And then the wife wakes up one day and goes, you know, what are we doing here? I mean, you know, it didn't work. You tried to get famous. We, we, we're talking about you on our show. We're, we're doing all those things. But a woman wakes up eventually and goes, all right. You know, unless the woman's a crack whore, and then you're like, she'll do anything, right? But the truth of the matter is, a woman's going to wake up and go, hey, uh, slick here. Hey, Slick, uh, 
how about we put away the heels, we get rid of the makeup, we stop with the dresses, and uh, that's just what happens. I'm telling you, that's just what happens. It's just what transpires. Uh, Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's like this. You know, the girl with the purple hair, right? Oh, look at me, look at me. Yeah, and then people stop looking, and then you're like, oh, what do I do? Or the guy with the 70, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. It's all good, but I am allowed to think how I would like to think. And I also got to tell you, and I totally agree with Jacob G in the YouTube chat, I got to tell you, absolutely that looks miserable to wear heels. I mean, heels look like a pain in the backside. Heels look awful, Marv Elbert. Uh, They just look, yeah, Marv Elbert. Eventually you get caught. It's embarrassing. You go to rehab. You try, what publication is this from? I don't know. But everybody's trying to get attention, right? I got guys on Facebook. You suck. You're horrible. Okay. And then what do they do? It's always the same with people. They, these guys like this always come down, always, and, then, and, and get divorced. And then dudes that are critical always, always cry victim when you come back at them. It's just the way the world works. If you listen to me close enough, you're going to get such great life advice. And here it is. Here it is. Do not marry a guy that is going through that. Unless the guy is rich. Unless the guy, you know, eventually you're going to get half of his stuff. Pregnancy and marrying rich. Guys can't get pregnant regardless of what idiots say. But hey, getting pregnant by a rich dude ain't bad business. And for both a male or a female, marry someone rich, even if they're going to be wearing these things. And then divorce their ass and then take half their money. Cut out the middleman. What's the middleman? A job. Cut it out. I used to tell my daughter's friends, and some of you will think this is bad parenting. Some of you will think this is good parenting. All right? I used to tell my daughter's friends, hey, when a dude breaks up with you, immediately date his best friend. Immediately. Don't sit in your room and cry. Screw that guy. My brother used to tell his daughter's friends, look, 50% of you are going to get divorced anyway. Cut out the middleman. Get pregnant by a rich dude. Just cut it out. A friend of mine has a car dealership. I'm not going to tell you the pro athlete, but he's very famous. Son was very famous. Baby mama comes in to get a car. Baby mama was making 80 grand a month being the baby mama. It's good business. From a business, like, you guys think it's love. Yeah, it's love until you get 60. And then you're on your second marriage, like, all right, this is love. I'm just dispensing life. My sister wanted to marry a rich old man with a bad cough. See, Jennifer, the first lady of this show says, oh my God, Dan's relationship advice is great. So my daughter's friend, she had this little group called Cleeps. And it was C for, I can't remember the girl's name. L was Laura. E was, uh, I can see the girl, I can't remember her name. And P was another girl. Cleeps. And an S. All right. 
So they would always be, I think I've talked about this on the show, Mr. D, what do I do? Because I'm kind of the fixer. I'm Mr. Wolf in most worlds. I fix because I'm not afraid. Mr. D, Data's friend. I'll never forget Eleni. Eleni was my daughter's friend. She's distraught because her boyfriend of forever, this is my guy, broke up with her. I go, I know who his best friend is. It's that guy in the basketball team. Start dating him. I used to tell him, you're pretty girls. You got great futures. So she comes up to me like next time at my house, they're having a sleepover. Hey, Mr. D, I did it. I go, what'd you do? I forgot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm dating so-and-so's best friend. I go, how was that? How's he doing? Oh, he's hating it, Mr. D. He's hating it. He's texting me. He's mad. What can I tell you? I don't know. What can I tell you? I, I, I've survived in this life with those kind of thoughts in my brain. With those kind of thoughts rattling around here. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, go ahead and date my best friend. That means he ain't really been my best friend. That's crap, Jason. That means you haven't been his best friend. Because if she dates your best friend, guess what? And you don't like it, that's on you, not him. He just knows hot girl that he knows because you're his best friend starting to date him. I did it in high school. My buddy Kevin Custer, he went off to college. His girlfriend, I'm not going to say her name, thought she was hot. I didn't know they were still dating. Who had phones back then? She's kind of like a double dizzle. And I was like, hey, girl. And next thing you know, he's mad. He's trying to cuss me out. I wasn't invited to the party at his house, but I went anyway because he's my best friend. And we're going to confront these things. He's like, I can't believe you came to my house. I'm like, hey, it's just a Brad. Eh. It's just a Brad. I did. <laughs> she broke his heart. Of course, she broke my heart. And then what did I do? I wasn't smart enough to date her best friend. I went on a dating, if you want to call it that, spree in college. But we don't need to get into any of that. None of that. Uh, it's called being a homie hooper, DD. Hey, look, little white boy, Jason B. Stop trying to be something you're not. Stop trying to be jobber. It's called being a ho. Hey, bros before hoes, man. You guys are idiots. You crazy. I knew. I liked hanging with my friends. But I'll tell you this. If Michelle Mensa dated me, it was over. I was never going to hang out with my boys. Bros before hoes, man. It's called being a homie hooper. Little white dudes. I'm glad I was never a little white dude. I seriously am. I'm glad. I re- yeah, don't mess. I agree, I agree with this. Um, don't mess with a girl whose best friend has cauliflower ears. That means he's a wrestler. That's true. It's <laughs> so true. Hey, I wrestled a kid named Michael Tillotson. He was not even a good wrestler. He, he and I became great friends. He was afraid to come to my house because he was a black kid from Gary. And he's like, man, you guys in Maryville. I'm like, shut up. So I'm like, we're going to wrestle. I'm playing basketball at Indiana. He's in a fraternity at Indiana. So he ain't got nothing. He put me in some kind of pretzel in two minutes. I'm tapping out. I never mess with Michael Tillotson again. 
Great dude, but he kicked my backside. I'm like, Mike, you realize, I mean, you could go to Holbert. You could go to Valpo. You can go to Portage, all bastions of racism back in the day, Mike. I'll go with you, and we'll whip ass. He goes, well, I'll whip. You won't. I just crushed you. He's like, I'm right. you're right. <laughs> no, man, the girl from the guy to guy is a homie who hopper, hopper, hopper. I shut up. No, she's not. And stop with the homie crap, white boy. Just stop with it. I should teach a white class. <laughs> hey, white guys. You want to get women? Quit trying to act like something you're not. She's a homie hopper. By the way, breaking news, Bill Self is going to miss today's game. I'm hearing Bill Self may not coach in the NCAA tournament. Hey, Dan, this is from Cashman. I had a fling with an ex-girlfriend's sister in my early 20s. I don't think my ex ever found out. Hold on. I know we're supposed to go, but I'm not leaving on this. My brother, the great Tom Dockage, Literally in college, we roomed together for only one. He dated every one of my girlfriends after I dumped him. True story. He goes, hey, man, I'm dating uh, Karen. I'm not going to say these girls' last names because it would give them a thrill. I go, I don't care. Hey, man, I'm, uh, I, I dated a cheerleader. Uh, she was great, but I didn't like her. So I kind of got out of the relationship. My brother started dating her. Who cares? Homie Hopper, man. Nah, shut up cares? Hey, look, my relationship didn't work out. I hope that it works out for you. What do I care? Man, man, you can't do that, man. Shut up. That's my word for today. Just shut up. <laughs> Come on, Dan, give us the white guy hype thing. I don't have white guy hype. I, 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 I couldn't have been a dancing coach. And I couldn't have been the white end of the bench uh, hype man. And not my style. My son did it great. I couldn't do it. Wasn't in this DNA. I'm way too cool. Think Denzel and George Clooney with a little bit of MJ. That's what you're looking at right here. All right, massive day today. Thanks to everybody. NCAA tournament gets going. I am taking Penn State. Uh, Hope everybody has a wonderful time. Dylan and Ryan. Can't thank you guys enough, Aaron and Kaylee and Haley and everybody. Haley will join us tomorrow. Uh, I am going to get an incredible workout in, and I'm getting ready for hoops. It's going to be this. It's going to be a sack from Portillo's. Sorry, but it is. I'm going with the combo, fries, and two Chicago dogs. It's going to be a case of A&W Zero sugar root beer, me, DraftKings, a TV. Have a great day, everybody.